Normally on an occasion like this, I'd now be preaching about baptism. But I'm not going to this morning. I'm not going to preach about baptism because I thought there's something more important that I need to preach about. It is related to what's going to happen because today we have three young people being baptised. And they are all young. And so that's influenced what I'm preaching about. They're all young and so they're going to change in age in various ways. We all change as we age, don't we? You looked at a picture of yourself from 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. Got a bit of a shock. Yeah, we change. And as they, the three of them change, well, will Christianity prove to have been a youthful phase they get over? How can we have confidence for their future when we're changing people in a changing world? What is it they need? We hope they'll have many years of life ahead of them. We hope they've got a long, successful life ahead of them. We hope. But we don't know what they've got ahead of them. So what do they need? What do they need for life ahead of them? Well, I should change that to what do you and I need? Because this morning I'm not preaching to three people and everyone else is just a spectator. What do you and I need? What do we all need? Now the answer is a who, not a what. Because the answer is we all need the good shepherd. We all need Jesus, the good shepherd. We're mainly going to be in John chapter 10 today. So if you've got a Bible, would you turn to that? If you haven't and you can manage to squeeze out from your seat, there are plenty of Bibles on the shelves at the back. Feel free to help yourself. And there are page numbers for the church Bibles on the blue sheets, as well as a little guide to where we're going with this. We're mainly going to be in John 10 today um, because I say mainly because I'm preaching topically this morning about Jesus as the good shepherd rather than preaching through the passage. You might say, what's the difference? Well, topical preaching is when you've got a topic and you want to find out what does the Bible say about such and such? And you look in, what does the Bible say on this topic? That isn't truly preaching a passage of the Bible. To truly preach a passage, you look at the part of the Bible and you see what's the aim of this, what's the content of this, and that sets your aim and your content for preaching. But I'm not going to be doing quite that this morning. I'm preaching a topic. I want to use John 10, and I think it's two other places, to discover we need and must depend on Jesus the Good Shepherd. I want us to discover we need and we must depend on Jesus the Good Shepherd by showing you four things he does. Let's just get straight into them. Here's the first one. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Can you see that in verse 11, if you're in John 10? Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's again in verse 15 and verse 17. So it's clearly very important. It's said three times in close succession. Now, if you do a Google Images search of the phrase, the good shepherd, what do you reckon you'll get? Well, something I didn't expect to get was a load of pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio and Angelina Jolie, because apparently there's a film called The Good Shepherd with them in it. But once you've cleared them out of the way, what do you get? You get a load of pictures of a long-haired man 
who looks very gentle and soft, holding cute lambs in his arms, standing in sunny fields. It's all very peaceful and sentimental. But if you read John 10 as a whole and see the theme, and if you look back to John 9 and see the context, the picture should be robbers climbing into a sheep pen, grabbing sheep and carrying them off. Selfish, careless shepherds who don't do anything for the sheep because they're just in it for the money. And snarling wolves wanting to eat the sheep. But one shepherd, and only one, he gets in the way, he saves the sheep, but he dies doing it. The context of John 10 is bad religious leaders. And the theme of John 10 is Jesus saying, there are a lot of self-serving religious leaders around. I am the self-giving leader, shepherd you need. Did you get that? It's not the sentimental picture it's often made out to be. The theme of John 10 is Jesus saying, there are a lot of self-serving religious leaders around. Watch out for them. They are dangerous. But Jesus says, but I am the self-giving shepherd you need. Now, we can understand the picture of a shepherd putting his life at risk to defend the sheep from wolves. But... What's the picture of? Because we are not sheep and Jesus didn't die fighting a wolf. So what does he mean by this picture? What is the danger we need him to rescue us from? Well, the danger is simply this. The danger is sin leads to death. If you followed the children's talk, it was the third picture in the children's talk, actually. The danger is sin leads to death. Sin is us disobeying God. And every time we disobey God, we are effectively saying, God, go away, you don't rule over me. That's what we're saying. God, go away, you don't rule after, over me. Now, now let's refine that a bit, actually, because you may sometimes say, God, come and help me. I've got a problem. I want your help. But then problem sorted, okay, God, go away, now I want to do my own thing. Or you may say, God, come, it's Sunday, I want a religious experience. Now, God, go away, it's Monday evening and I want some me time. Our sin says, God, go away. Do you see how it's treating God as your servant, not as your ruler? What an insult. What an act of rebellion. What a turning upside down of the way things should be. And what a foolish telling the giver of life to stay away from you. And it's no surprise that turning from the giver of life, rebelling against the king of the universe, the result is death. God's terrible, eternal anger against our sin. And that is the danger that Jesus laid down his life to rescue us from. So let's think a bit more about how. Let's go back to John 10 verse 11. Think more about how Jesus rescues us. John 10 verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, I'm sorry you're going to have to just take this from me. I'm not going to manage to prove it at this moment. But... 
The phrase for the sheep has a very precise meaning in the Bible. That phrase for the sheep is a repeated one in different contexts, which has a very precise meaning in the Bible. It means in place of the sheep. Jesus is saying, I'm going to lay down my life in place of the sheep. Jesus is teaching that he would do something prophesied about 500 years earlier. I'll read it to you. You can turn if you like or just listen. It's Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53 gives us a prophecy from about 500 years before Jesus. And 53 verse 6 says this. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus was saying he was the person this prophecy was about. Now, I wonder if you know the famous piece of music called Handel's Messiah. It's got various bits of the Bible put to music, and it's got this verse in it. And for this verse, the music skips around all over the place when it has the bit, all we like sheep have gone astray. I'm tempted to try to demonstrate to you, but inflicting my singing on you would not be a good idea. But some of you will know how the music skips around all over the place as the words are, all we like sheep have gone astray. And it's representing us. We are all over the place as we do what we want. Ignoring what God says. And then the music suddenly changes. And instead of skipping around, it becomes very solemn. As you get this shocking news. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For him is the good shepherd. And all of our guilt was laid on him. And all of our insult to God, treating him like our servant, was laid on him. And all of our rebellion was laid on him. And he took the punishment. That's what he was doing on that cross. You see, you and I, we cannot make up for our sin. You cannot Wipe out your guilt. You cannot turn the clock back. I suppose it's a bit funny saying that today, but literally in your life, you cannot turn the clock back on your life and put it right. No amount of religious activity, doing good, trying harder, however sincere you are, is going to make up for it. You totally rely on the good shepherd to have laid down his life for you. You need the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. There's the first thing the good shepherd does. Let's get back. Oh, no, we're going to move to a different place now. Luke chapter 15. I hope you remember that being read to us earlier. Luke chapter 15. You see, the second thing that the good shepherd does is he seeks lost sheep. He seeks lost sheep. Jesus did that dying for sinners 2,000 years ago. How does it connect to you and me living so much further on in history and in a completely different place? How does it connect to us? The answer is the story Jesus told in Luke 15, 
verses 3 to 7. You could have a look at it, but actually I'm going to tell it to you because it's so simple. He simply told a story of a sheep that wanders off and gets itself lost and it gets itself in danger and trouble and the shepherd goes looking until he finds the sheep and he carries it to safety. Simple story. Now, I was once walking in the Yorkshire Dales in the, in the hills where there are plenty of sheep grazing. And as I was walking along with my friends along the green grass, there was a patch of mud up ahead. I thought, well, I'll just walk over that patch of mud, put one foot in and it sank right down. You know how you do? I stumbled forward. The other foot went in. That sank right down and I sunk up to my thighs. And I couldn't reach the side and I couldn't push myself out. And the more I struggled, the deeper in I sank. And I just could not do anything to get myself out. Anything at all. The only thing I could do was call to my friends to come and pull me out. It's the only thing I could do. Which they did after having stood around laughing at me and taking photos. Um, And they did eventually manage to pull me out. But I realised, looking around at the sheep around as well, why it is you sometimes, when out walking, see a dead sheep in a patch of mud. Because I realised, why, sheep are silly and they wander into patches of mud. What would they do that for? And they wander into danger and they get stuck and it made me realise just how much they cannot get themselves out. They need someone to rescue them. And Jesus here in Luke 15 is saying, that's us. That's us. We walk away from God, the giver of life. We get ourselves in danger and we get stuck in our sins. You can't turn your life around. You can't mend that bias in your heart towards sin and away from God. We're like sheep who can't get themselves found. We need the good shepherd to find us. What can a sheep do when it's lost? Can't pull itself out of the mud. It can't get a map and read what's the way back to safety. What can a sheep do? I'm sure you all know, don't you? I'm sure you've been in the countryside in springtime and heard a lamb that's got separated from its mother. What can they do? There's just one thing. Ah, isn't it? They call. They cry for help. You need the good shepherd to find you. What's the one thing you can do? Call out to him. Call out to him. We're like helpless sheep, totally dependent on the good shepherd to find us. You can cry out to him. Jesus, I need you. I can't turn my life around. I just keep on messing up. I've treated God as if he's my servant or a nuisance to keep away from. I need you. The good shepherd laid down his life. He seeks lost sheep. Here's the third thing. The good shepherd leads us. Let's go back to John 10. We'll be in John 10 for the rest of this. Back to John 10. The good shepherd leads us. Now, I'm going to do something I've never done before when preaching. I've got a little video don't normally do. Well, I've never done this before. But this, I think, will help us. Here's a little video of a sheep. (laughs) Did you get that? 
Do you see that when Jesus called us sheep, he was not paying a compliment? He was not paying a compliment. What silly things sheep are. They may even run away from the shepherd who's just rescued them. The good shepherd will find them again. He will pull them out again, but he didn't rescue us for the purpose of going and jumping in the ditch again. He didn't rescue us for us to just go and run away from him and get ourselves back in danger again. That wasn't the purpose of rescuing us. There is a better way. It's in verse 27. The better way is in verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Did you get that? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. If you're a Christian, it's because the good shepherd found you. And he did it not for you to go off on your own way again. He did it for you to follow him. Now, here in verse 27, Jesus uses the picture of a Middle Eastern shepherd who would lead his sheep to new pastures because they've got to find grass because it's rare in the Middle East. And he walks along the path and he calls to his sheep and they recognize his voice and they follow where they can hear him leading. But what's it a picture of? We don't see Jesus walking ahead of us tomorrow as we go to work or school. The key is in verse 27 where it says, my sheep listen to my voice. That's why Christians read the Bible regularly. That's why Christians keep coming to church. What's the point? To listen to the voice of Jesus. Because this book is full of his voice. Some people have a Bible called a red letter edition. It has the words Jesus spoke when he was here on earth in red letters, so you can spot them. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's a bit misleading, because the words of Jesus are not just the red letter bits. All of this from start to finish is the words of Jesus. It tells us here, Jesus tells us here, the path to follow. The paths that are right for every area of life. So, El and William and Nathan, you don't know and I don't know what decisions and temptations and opportunities are ahead of you in life. But in all of them, you need to keep listening to the voice of Jesus and following him. You need, we all need, the good shepherd who laid down his life because we can't take away our sin and guilt. You need the the good shepherd who seeks out lost sheep, because we can't sort ourselves out and turn ourselves around, but it doesn't stop there. You then need him to lead you for going on in life. Jesus doesn't just get us the ticket into the Christian life. You need the good shepherd for going on in the Christian life. You need him. One more, very briefly, one more. What else does the good shepherd do? He keeps us. He keeps us. Now, the three people being baptised wouldn't remember the late 90s. In fact, I think two of them weren't even born then and one was. Am I right? Just about. But they wouldn't remember the late 90s. The late 90s were full of optimism, if I've remembered rightly. 
There was a new government elected and their theme song was, things can only get better. How many are singing that still today? I don't think many people are singing things can only get better at the moment. We live in a really pessimistic time. Full of anxiety and worry, isn't it, about the future? Maybe you've got anxieties personally. Maybe you know your weakness. Maybe you wonder if you'll keep going. This is poignant for me, particularly because my son is being baptised. And I'm concerned for his future. What does he need? What do I need to have confidence for his future? What do we all need? The answer is in verse 28. Verse 28. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. The answer we need is it doesn't depend on us. It depends on Jesus. That's the answer. Doesn't depend on how good a testimony they give this morning. Doesn't depend on their strength to keep going. Doesn't depend on will they hit big snares and traps in life or not. It doesn't depend on us. It depends on Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean be like the sheep in the video, go and jump back in the ditch, wallow in sin, do what you like and say it will all be fine. Jesus will sort it out. See how close verse 27 and 28 are. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. No one can snatch them out of my hands. Don't separate the two verses. They go together. It doesn't mean we depend on how well we follow Jesus. It doesn't mean Jesus abandons us if we don't follow him well. We depend on him. We know we need him. We know we can trust him to keep us. We know we are safe if we're in his hands. And if that is your attitude, if your attitude is, I'm safe if I'm in his hands. If your attitude is, I need him, then you will be safe. And if that is your attitude, then you will also keep following. What's been the message across all of this this morning? I hope it's come across because it's supposed to be there's one simple, clear message this morning. You need the good shepherd. That's what it's all about. You need him to deal with your sin. You need him to find and rescue you. You need him to lead you. You need him to keep you. And there's been one simple aim. I've just had one aim this morning. Simply this, for you to depend Totally and only on the Good Shepherd.